Hello, guys, and welcome to today's episode. I'm so excited to bring you this special guest for the very first interview that we're doing for the new series on Master Mental, which is all about bipolar solutions. We have Kimberly Kazaya, who's joining us today. She is a very talented photographer who's going to be getting into her story, her experiences, and her background with bipolar and living with this, and then what photography has done and what she's doing with photography that is helping shed more light on this topic and really do more by bringing this to the forefront to get, get into more of what, what it's like to live with mental illness and to go through these different experiences and to feature that. So Kimberly, thank you so much for coming out. I can't wait to get into it. Just hear a little bit more about you and your story and all the things that make, make have worked for you so far. Thanks so much for having me. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So just start off a little bit, like tell us a little bit of your background and how, how it relates to bipolar and your experiences so far. Sure. So um, I'm a 34-year-old mom, uh, and I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder officially when I was 18 years old. So it's been a while at this point. <laughs> um, but I, they were suspected it originally when I was about 14 years old. So mm -hmm. I've been in and out of treatment for 20 years or so at this point. When I was 14, they said, you have a mood disorder, but they weren't comfortable saying exactly what it was specifically mm -hmm. yet. What were your initial thoughts when you got the diagnosis? What were your thoughts on it? Uh, I, I figured it was probably bipolar disorder at the time. Uh, mm -hmm. I was one of those teenagers that was really into trying to figure out my mental health. And I knew something was wrong and I wanted to know what it was. So I spent a lot of time reading the DSM-5 or, you know, whichever version was it was back in 2004. Yeah. Uh, I think I saw something like that too, like about reading more books on it and like just getting more educated on the topic. Cause I know that's something that has worked for me. Like, is there, so when you, when you were younger, you, you were already doing that, like doing, looking at different things and wow. Like I, <laughs> I wish I, I was in, I was like that when I was at, when that was kind of my experience, but I definitely was not until like much later. When did you start getting into photography and did you start getting into photography to, for, for helping out with showcasing with bipolar and helping with that kind of stuff? Or what was your journey and progression with it? Uh, well, I've always had a camera in my hand since I was a child. My parents always gifted me cameras. So I've pretty much always been photographing things. Mostly people have been my primary focus, even since I was a kid. But um, when I was in high school, I started using it as a way to kind of express myself and my feelings. So I would do um, stories through my photography and kind of figure out, you know, I'm feeling a little down today. So I'd take pictures expressing my depression and things like that. Um, but then I took a good decade off of doing mental health photography and really didn't get back into it more than a decade, I guess. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I didn't really get back into it until 2020. Um, when I saw that there was such a great need for it because the pandemic really brought out a lot of these hidden illnesses that people weren't really willing to discuss and get into it before. And then all of a sudden being a home alone all the time, it was like, wow, there's something going on inside. Oh my gosh. And especially with how you talk about vulnerability in that, and then being able to, so when you do that with the photography, do you find the people that you're working with 
feel like they, they want to be more vulnerable in that sense to kind of share, or like, what, what is the process like for getting, getting and in, getting into that and like setting it up? Uh, well, when I photograph other people with mental illness, what I first do is I interview them so I, mm -hmm. sort of like we're doing now I get on zoom and I talk to them and we usually spend an hour, an hour and a half, just chit chatting about different symptoms and the way that it, it our mental illnesses, uh, are similar and different in how uh, they present in our in ourselves and in other people. And then we discuss how we can kind of portray them in images because as you, I'm sure you can guess, it's kind of difficult to figure out a, a good way to photograph symptoms, you know, because <laughs> a lot of them are things that are going on inside of our heads. So it's a lot of back and forth discussion. And, once we've figured it out, I usually go to their homes and photograph them. I like to photograph people in their own environments. Um, I feel like that gives a, a more realistic portrayal uh, to what they're experiencing. Yeah. And just being, I feel like that too ties back into just wanting to have a better understanding of like, cause I know, especially when I feel like people who don't know as much about bipolar might not, you know, they might not know where to go to learn. Right. Besides maybe if they have a family members or an experience that they've had where they, they want to learn more of how to help, but they feel like they, they can't, or it's challenging or overwhelming or difficult. So what has the response has been like, you know, since like putting this out and showing it, have you gotten, I'm sure you've gotten, you know, so many messages from people wanting to be, be in, have you work with them and do the photos. And then also other people, you know, sharing of what, what has that been like to hear from the people who have reached out after? I, it's been really, um, incredible. The responses I've gotten, I I'm not big by any means. I don't have a huge following, but the people that have messaged me have touched my heart so very much because they just, they reach out and they'll tell me their life stories and tell me how, an image I took really relates to them on a deep personal level and mm -hmm. you know that they didn't expect to like run into something like that or that they had never seen a photograph depicting bipolar disorder in that way before whatever mental illness I'm portraying at the moment it motivates me a lot to keep going mm. and then seeing that too like with so for you with the diagnosis do you is it bipolar one or bipolar two bipolar one Oh yeah. Cause that's the one. So for me, I know like trying to talk about it with people is like, you know, there's this one, then there's bipolar two, then there's like a, the cyclothymia, like what is the difference? Right. So for you, like, what has your experience been like with more of like the depressive and manic? Cause I know I've always had more of like the, more of like the manic side to it. And like, what, I guess what helps when you have, when you're in those experiences, like with the depression and the manic. Well, just to give you a little backstory, I was initially diagnosed with bipolar two, and it wasn't until I was in my mid twenties that they switched my diagnosis from bipolar two to bipolar one. Mm -hmm. um, when I had experienced true mania, I had in the past only experienced hypomania, and to this day, I've mostly experienced hypomania with bursts of bursts of uh, mania. Mm -hmm. But I am a primarily depressed person when I'm not stable, which luckily mm -hmm. I have been for a while now. Yeah. But, uh, when I'm not stable, I, I tend to lean more on the depressive side of things. Um, and I can't remember the second part of that question. <laughs> yeah. So like with, yeah. So what helps with, cause I know 
like you're talking about with like with therapy, other people have, you know, it's like therapy and medications and different like things that they've kind of tried or come across of, you know, finding that this is really helping. Like you mentioned, you know, doing research and, you know, reading different books of maybe other people's memoirs or different accounts of what their lived experience has been like, like what different things have you done that you found to be helpful the most? Um, well, other than the, the typical things, I'm, I'm still in weekly therapy. I've been in weekly therapy since 2012. Um, so it's been a while uh, that I- The same therapist? Uh, no, I did have one for six years, but I had to switch after a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but she was amazing. I miss her a lot, but I have a new wonderful therapist. So I've been really blessed to have really fantastic therapists over the years that I've latched onto like a leech. <laughs> but- <laughs> I do. I read a lot of books. My favorite things to read are, are memoirs and graphic novels about bipolar disorder. Um, they just keep my attention better than anything else does. Um, but I guess personally for me, I, I, a lot of the time I take pictures and self portraits for, to get me through my different ebbs and flows and ups and downs and all that kind of thing, which I realize is not everyone's cup of tea, but it helps me a lot. (laughs) Yeah. And I think, I think that's almost like a sense of typically like when people journal, right. To document things or write things down and then you can go back and reflect like, Oh, like this week, this is what I was feeling. You do it. You actually have the images. And I think that's so like, when I remember I was looking at the, your, your page and like looking through the different ones, being able to relate and resonate with feeling these different things and like where you were at the time and like what you were experiencing and like what your life was like in terms of environments or habits or relationships and just getting into, getting into those little things of actually being able to have it into something that you can go back and look at, and then even reflect back on. And like, you're doing where you're having it on Instagram. And then you've even, you've, you know, talking about how being in photography since you were young, younger, and just getting into doing this and just documenting this, and then taking a break for a little bit from doing the mental health work, but getting into it and being able to showcase that I think is, you know, extremely helpful because I feel like anything that you can do where you're putting, putting something out there or sharing an experience can be a little scary at first, you know, and you're thinking about like how to, you know, how to even articulate it or say, say, or share different things. But when you're considering sharing, like, what is the process like for that? Like, do you ever catch yourself like not knowing how to like communicate what it is in the images or what is it like, is it different for, for you or what is it like? It really, it depends. Like with the series I did on depression, documented, documenting depression that I did this past March um, was really, I had no other way to express myself. I was almost catatonic in my depression. Otherwise I just had a camera set up in my living room for weeks on end and would just come out, crawl out of my bedroom and take a few pictures of myself and then go back to my bedroom. And um, I actually find it harder to photograph mania and hypomania and those experiences because when I'm in those moments, it's not something I'm thinking about as much. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm much more into the running around and doing all the hectic, crazy stuff that we can get into sometimes mm-hmm. when we're hypomanic or manic. Um, but, and, and also I, like, it's harder for me to express like the grandiose feelings that you feel sometimes when you're manic. Um, I've been, posturing back and forth like how can I express that in an image Mm. because there's no really way to show yourself larger than life 
in a regular self-portrait, you know? Yeah. So it's something I've revisited a couple times over the last couple of years that I will probably continue to keep going back to until I perfect the art of photographing mania. <laughs> yeah, I feel like just hearing, like hearing you go back and share the differences between like trying to capture depression and then doing the series for that versus mania, like, cause it, you, when you, when you are in that, you are going so fast, like your thoughts, you're just, you know, racing. And it's like how you have all these ideas, you have all these things where it's like harder to get, get it all like figured out how to capture that exactly. So I totally get what you mean when you kind of bring that up. And then I also want to ask you too, like, aside from doing the photography, has there anything, has there been like any kind of like big change or are different things that you've made across your life that you've noticed when, when you were in a position where you were struggling more than at certain times, like different changes that you've made in your life that you've really noticed and look back on and say, Oh, wow. You know, making this change or doing this shift has really helped me in this way. Um, well, I quit drinking, mm. uh, a big thing for me. I spent a good portion of my life as an alcoholic and um, I quit drinking a year and six months ago now. There was like a drastic change like when I quit drinking and the way that my moods affected me like I can I still get the depressions but they don't go as deep and as hard as they used to go like Mm -hmm. i I get to the catatonic, I got to the catatonic stage, but I didn't want to kill myself the way that I had gotten every other depression throughout my life. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't know. It's, it's really just made a huge difference knowing that, um, that I've been able to quit something that was such a big part of my life and something that I self-medicated with for so many years has allowed my medication to work better. I get better sleep, which helps in turn. (laughs) Um, My relationships are better. I mean, it's just made everything significantly easier to deal with. I wouldn't say easy because it's Mm -hmm. never easy, but it's easier to deal with. And then the process of doing that, because I know sometimes a lot of the stuff that plays a role in it is the awareness piece, right? Of when you're in a lot of these different struggles, not having the awareness of what is fully like all the way, go- all the way going on at the time and like how to come out of it. And then when you look back, you have the reflection of it. So like, what was the process like for you of like going into like st- stopping the, stopping the drinking? Like when did, like, do you remember kind of what that felt like the build up and like what that process felt like? It was a long process to be honest, it was a really like, what is way too long of a process <laughs> for this episode. <laughs> yeah. It's a whole episode in its own, but <laughs> um, it's actually funny that you asked that because I have recently started going back and asking all of my old therapists and psychiatrists and all the hospitals that I've stayed at for all of my records, because I want to write a memoir of my own at some point that is compare or a companion piece with the images that I take. Um, and because of that, I was reading one of my psychiatrist notes or my therapist notes. I don't remember which one it was, but the very first time I mentioned needing to quit drinking was in 2012. Mm. So it took nine years for me to finally like click something in my head and say, you know, this is not the best plan for me. Wow. (laughs) Something about it. Um, Yeah. (laughs) And I guess just like hearing you go through that process, like the word that comes up for me is just like clarity is like having like the, like the clarity from that. But like, if you could, if you could think of one word of describing that shift of 
having that for so long. And like the, like you mentioned the self-medication with the drinking and having that as something that was like almost like a go-to and always in the corner and always something that you had, what do you, the, the one word to describe it. So through that um, to where you are now. Oh God, that's a good question. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, clarity is a really great word for it, but I guess I would say it just awake. Like I woke up, something woke up inside of me and I was able to see uh, just how much it was affecting my life and how much it was making it, uh, my mental illness that much worse. Um, and I feel like I've seen in other people as well that like once you're able to quit self-medicating, it is easy. It's um, less difficult to navigate the challenges of mental illness. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And just thinking of like the, the thought of the word awake with that. Cause I feel like just resonating with you on that of like, when you think of all the things that you used to do, whether it's drinking or different things that you would use as, you know, almost like a, a coping mechanism or something that helps you feel to not feel the feelings that you are at the time, but instead to have this as to kind of mask what that is. I love the way that you kind of describe that and got into that. And just also the, the evolution of going from also the whole process of putting these notes together from your experiences to put that into a memoir and a book, which I am very excited that so excited that you're doing that. Cause I always love coming across other people who want to make, put that into something that others can hold, you know, similar to what you've done with the photography, but being able to actually read and go into your mind and, you know, what you were feeling at these different times. And then the, the whole entire process, because the way that I see it, you know, when you are receive a diagnosis of bipolar and living with this, you know, and you're always going to have those, you know, ups and downs. And I feel like exactly what you're mentioning of, you know, stopping the, the drinking and, you know, work and, you know, showcasing the experiences that you've had and others have had in photography and then support systems and different things like that. Like you kind of brought up in earlier of being able to have these things to help when that, when those times do come back up again, you know, mm -hmm. even though you have these, this, the support system and the therapy, which I think is so so helpful and amazing. And I tell everybody, I'm like, go like, if, if, even if you just, you feel like there's not a particular reason just to try it out or, you know, see what it does for you. But, oh my gosh, just hearing that from you and just the, being able to kind of have that along the way of, you know, and documenting those processes. Cause I think that's going to be amazing just to kind of see it all come together. And, you know, if there's something that you can kind of say, you know, for, for right now, like, what do you have a certain routine or even if it's not, even if it's things that you don't do every single day, things that help with your day-to-day -day and just managing and helping with bipolar, what would those things be? Uh, well, sticking to my med regimen is, extremely important. I take my meds at the same time in the morning and at night and during the middle of the day because <laughs> I'm a three time a day person. Mm -hmm. um, but sticking to my meds and making sure I, I go to my appointments when I'm supposed to and doing the blood draws I'm supposed to. And I have not only really great therapists and doctors and all that, but I have really great friends group um, who keep me in check and know when to check on me and know the warning signs when something's when things are going downhill really quickly they're like hey kim by the way <laughs> we can tell you're sending a lot of music lately that's a sign <laughs> you're mm -hmm. getting depressed or whatever um and really just 
uh, you know, making sure the little needs are met, uh, self-care, making sure that, you know, I spend time with my kids and mm -hmm. my husband and, you know, things like that. It's, I, I really put a lot of value in my support system. Um, I would not be where I am if I did not have them. That's without, not a lie in any way, shape or form. Like I could not do anything without my friends. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so beautiful. Just to hear that the relationships and then also like the being able to have those with the, your friendships and having the check-ins and, and then also with the husband and how many kids do you have? I have two boys, two boys. Oh my gosh. How old are they? I have a 12 year old and a seven year old. Oh, and see, just being able to spend that time. And then also kind of, kind of ties back into like the clarity piece and just being more present for the life that you're in with. And cause it is when you kind of reflect back on the, on the days that you were, you know, d doing the worst, when you think of these factors that you've separated from your life, like the drinking and, you know, staying on top of the regimens that you shared, I feel like are so huge and helpful. And I just think that, you know, wanting to feature more of this and just show, you know, how, how to go about doing it. Right. And how to take those steps in doing it. And like you mentioned, you know, that it was, it took 2012 was when you mentioned, you know, wanting to quit drinking and then going through that process and working through that with a therapist and then having this, having these little things that kind of all add up together, you know, when you're saying, okay, the friendships and then husband, kids, and then the photography, and then staying consistent with the medications and then appointments, all these little pieces, but play a role and, you know, learning to have grace for yourself during those moments and just appreciate that. So I love that, you know, this just even hearing from you with, with the projects coming up, like, is there anything that you're most excited about coming up with the photography and, you know, anything in particular that it's, it's taught you, like if you could share, like, one powerful lesson that doing that has given you, what is it? Oh, one powerful lesson. Oh goodness. You ask all the good questions. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. It's been, it's just been really inspiring hearing uh, other people's stories, whether it be people that are part of my project or people that have messaged me just their stories to talk about it. And um, it, it keeps me inspired and they, tell me I'm an inspiration, which I did. The imposter syndrome is a constant in my life, but it's, it feels good to hear other people say that what I'm doing has made a difference in their life, you know, mm -hmm. and in some small fracture fraction of a way, but it still, it, it makes a difference to me uh, and makes me want to keep going and keep taking pictures and experience it photographing my experiences and other people's experiences as well. I love it. Oh my gosh. And it's definitely made a difference in mine, you know, from coming across that and seeing that and just being able to, you know, learn more about other people out there who are doing work like this and wanting to bring more attention to it, to help others shatter the stigma and share more of what, what it's like and different things of that nature. I absolutely love it. So Kim, tell everybody where they can find more of you and follow and all things like that. Um, well, you can find me on Instagram and uh, under Tipping the Tightrope, uh, which was inspired by a Janelle Monet song called Tipping Tip the Tightrope, or just Tightrope, rather, um, which I she's never come out as saying she's bipolar, but that song always comes across to me as bipolar in a mm -hmm. nutshell, because she talks about the highs and lows and how you have to tip on the tightrope. So I was inspired by that when I named my project. <laughs> Um, but you can find me there on Instagram at Tipping the Tightrope. I have a Facebook that doesn't get used very often, but Tipping the Tightrope as well. And you can find me on Twitter at Kimberly Kazaya, which is K-I-Z-Z-I-A. <laughs> 
nobody ever gets that. And my <laughs> website is katiekphotography.com. Awesome. And I will be sure to link all this in the show notes as well for you guys. And again, I want to give a big thanks to you for coming out here and sharing all these things and stories and all of the, the progress and highs, lows, everything in between with all of us today. And also thank you to you guys for being here and listening and tuning in to learn more about living with bipolar disorder, the obstacles, the solutions, the tips, all of these different pieces that really make it beautiful to really be able to feature this. I appreciate you all so much and hope that you have an amazing rest of the day or night. And I'm going to say bye to you guys. And on that note, bye to Kimberly as well. So bye guys. All right, guys, thank you so much for being here. And I hope that you enjoyed listening to Kimberly's story and the healing power of photography. And I wanted to bring this to the table for you to show how this powerful solution has worked for Kimberly and how tapping into these different aspects of arts and creativity can be so much fun and really help express what it's like to live with bipolar and really show the world and tap more into that vulnerability aspect. So I really, really love the story. But also, I need to thank you once again for being here and sharing your thoughts with me. And it really, really means a lot because it helps me understand what you're taking away from the show and how I can do my best to make things better. And one way to do that is to leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. And I'm always going to want to read off one of those for you guys. And today, I have one here that is five stars. It says, keep inspiring hearing about your experiences and getting your insight into them along with those of your guests inspires other people to come forward, tell their stories and make positive changes in their lives. Thank you for giving others the courage to come forward and take control of their lives. Thank you, Frank Kowalski for leaving this review. And if you guys haven't already, you can head over there and leave me a rating, a review, share your thoughts, and I will be sure to always share them and take that into consideration with moving forward. So hope you guys love this episode. And if you want to connect with me, you can find me on Master Your Mental at Instagram, where you can learn more about me, my story, my journey. And also I have my book there as well, which is called Crooked Illness, Lessons from Inside and Outside Hospital Walls, where I get into my own story with bipolar disorder on there. All right, guys. Love you. Thanks for being here. Bye.